0: Welcome to the show. You like that? I'm liking your jam, man. I got a good list. Deacon Adam Conk all over the music. Paul George Deacon in studio. Welcome to the show. Show 220,
1: 220. We made it. People didn't think we could make it.
0: Yeah, you know, there's really nothing significant about 220, other than like it's an area code. I know, like I think in Ohio. Oh, nice. Yeah,
1: I've never been to Ohio. Sounds nice. I think it's
0: a restaurant in Birmingham. 220? Yeah. And I've had, had good food in Birmingham. And I know you're thinking, how do you know this? Because I looked <laughs> it up. You've been there. Oh, Yes. Yeah, like, I yeah. figured because you've been there. But other than that, there's nothing real significant about 220. Well, you know, when we were on
1: episode two, there's people no biblical were like, number that I know of. <laughs> I don't know if we envisioned episode 220. We're on episode two. I don't know what we envisioned. I'm trying to remember those days. Yeah, so like, let's do a show. We probably
0: wanted to quit after the second show. <laughs> so anyway, thanks everyone for listening in, being a part of the show here in a K K L F T. Fall Weather's got me, or on the podcast all over. Like we got a great show, and thanks for being a part of it. Lots of exciting, fun things, great things happening mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah, <laughs> in our world, we started our great you know, groups. You're
1: the first person this week to mention that great things are happening in the world. So thank you. Well, I'm trying to be positive and
0: joyful. It's been my theme for the year. It's awesome. You know, I'm trying to...
1: Speaking of themes for the year, Mm. (laughs) I must say, I appreciated something this morning. So I remember, because I listen to you when you talk sometimes, that you wanted to work on vulnerability.
0: Yep. And joy. Yep. And And joy, mm -hmm. right? Well, the two are connected. So I'm reading
1: through uh, Holy Grit, a a manuscript of your book soon to be released.
0: Yeah, you got the early release a PDF because we're doing a, a men's group.
1: And I don't want to give too much away. Okay. But it's almost like someone wrote a book to purposely be as vulnerable as possible. <laughs> really? Well, I mean, you're you're sharing a lot about your own journey journey with each topic. Mm. I mean, I've read two chapters. Great. But like each one includes a lot of vulnerability, like public vulnerability. Being honest. I was honest. impressed by that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so I was like, this guy's really working on this.
0: Mm. Well, here's the deal. Like, and I'm going to say this again, I'll probably say it a hundred times because it's true. Like in writing the book about the saints, so you've read two chapters so far, right? Mm -hmm. Because as we're doing the men's grit groups, which you're in our Monday group, Mm -hmm. which has been awesome. We've been talking about that. Shout
1: out to Monday group.
0: Shout out to Monday group. Um, We had our first one this week. Part of the group is they got the book ahead of time in a PDF, but uh, to read chapters one and two, if they wanted to kind of like journey with those two saints. St. Joseph and St. Augustine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all that being said, hands down, as I wrote this book, I'm telling you I had a deeper conversion through these saints. Mm-hmm. And as I'm writing about the lives of the saints, so if you're writing about St. Augustine, and you're looking at his life. Like he, he had a very, um, what would you say? Uh, his life was one of many things Huge conversion, lots of sin, lots of turnaround. You might
1: say surprised by grace. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But he was very honest about his conversion. Like when he Mm -hmm. wrote about his life, right? And in his writings, he didn't deny or hide from his past. He was very authentic about it. Mm Mm-hmm. That really, and so as I'm writing about his life and sort of intermingling some of my own life experiences, like, well, if he could be honest, like, I need to be honest Mm -hmm. and truthful and vulnerable, and so thank you.
2: Yeah, it's almost like
1: your confessions. You know, St. Augustine wrote his autobiography, The Confessions of St. Augustine. That's true. Holy Grit is somewhat, I mean, it's not the main feature, I would say, the saints are, and you've done a great job of of highlighting manly saints and, and those aspects of
0: them. At least so far.
1: Right. But interwoven is kind of a you know, pulling back the curtain on old Paul George. You're like, I
0: didn't know that about you. Well, you know,
1: I just it the okay, first wh- thing I thought of was, wow, he is being vulnerable. Mm. Go go Paul.
0: Was there anything in the first two chapters that you read either about a saint Saint Joseph or Saint Augustine that you didn't know or about me that you're like, hmm, I didn't know that.
1: Well, I'll go with uh Saint Augustine. So you did a great job of covering his father and the role his father played for him, hmm. and so um, the uh, I never made the connection between his conversion and Augustine's conversion before. I've never I've never connected those two dots. I knew he converted on his deathbed, but I, I just never really thought about the impact of that witness of his conversion on Augustine. And so you brought that out in in it not to give too much away. I want people to read your book cuz it's an awesome book. But I
0: also talk about the role of a father, <laughs> his lack of faith growing up. Correct. Probably was a a hindrance for Augustine's conversion not till later on in his life. Like he was Augustine was sort of adverse to the faith, probably cuz he looked at his dad, mm-hmm. you know, as as like well, he, he's not a man of faith. so anyway, I kind of make that connection, but here's what a lot of people don't know about when you write a book and maybe you're not self-published, like you go through a publisher. So Ave Maria Press published the book, but the the book is gonna come out in February, release February third of twenty twenty three. So in a few months, mm-hmm. it'll pre-order in January. They they send me those dates. Like I don't have any like I don't say, Hey, here's how it's gonna go down, right? Mm-hmm. I finished writing that book in March of twenty twenty two. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And then they finished editing it around May. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I forgot about half the things I even wrote are <laughs> there. Right. Like it's, it, it'll yeah. be almost a year from the time I finished writing to the time it's released. Yeah. Right. So like, as you're talking about the chapters and whatever, I'm like, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Somebody mentioned <laughs> the the other that. day and I literally said to myself, I think I wrote a chapter, but I, I can't remember <laughs> if he had a chapter. I had to go back and look because it's been so long. Like I got to go reread it. So anyway. That's well, kind of been, how the timeline mm, thing yeah, yeah. works out.
1: Well, you've been super active this year, too, all over the country uh, in your ministry. And so I totally get that, where there's so many different ideas going through your head, so many talks to prepare, so many, and then like you're trying to remember how it all fit together over the past year. Um, it's yep. almost like the Lord had had you on the full menu this year. Let's, let's have Paul write. Let's have Paul speak. Let's have Paul prepare for a daughter's wedding. Yeah. Like all kind of stuff. Pay for a daughter's wedding. Yeah. All those things. Let's Are, have Paul podcast, podcast. So the full menu of Paul activity this, yeah, it's this year. has been, been gritty. <laughs> Let's have Paul lead awesome adventure retreats.
0: Let's do it. Let, yeah, it's been quite the year, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna wind down everyone at the end of the year. Like I gotta breathe, and like, yeah, like the importance of rest, the mm-hmm. mind, the heart, the soul. Yeah, it's really important. So anyway, uh, thanks for being a part of the show. Um, got lots to cover today. Uh, so do you have a, have you seen? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though? I said that as like a, I'm not sure if you do. <laughs>
1: well, I gave you a definitive answer. Yeah. The, the like, music.
0: You like winked as well.
1: Yeah. You're like, I, <laughs> I
0: got it. I got this.
1: Have you seen uh, the story of Sister Andre?
2: <clears throat>
1: no. So, she took a male name uh, after her brother, Hmm. who she loved dearly. He didn't die, but when she became a religious at the age of 19, she took the name Sister Andre. She lives in France. Okay. Uh, She is a member of the Daughters of Charity since 1944. Okay,
0: that's a few years ago.
1: Here's I mean, a lot of things are interesting about her, but this is the most famous thing about her now. She is now the oldest living person on the planet. Really? Yes. She's a French nun? A French nun, Sister Andre, who is 118 years young and will soon be, her her birthday is on the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes as a French nun, that's awesome. So that's February 11th. So that, on that day, she'll be 119 years old. In February. February 11th. Um, I mean, she's been a sister since 1944. So I mean, do the math. It's I don't do math. Eighty. But it's a long no, time. No, ninety. Eighty. <laughs> no, eighty something years. We we'll just a subtract
0: nun. from like her age. Like yeah, so almost a hundred years. Yeah, as a nun. Because at 19, life. right, and she's about right. to be 119. Right. That's right. So, so it'll be a hundred years. So I do simple math. Everyone, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> it's the story of my life. I work backwards. Oh, I got it wrong. I'm sorry.
1: She converted to Catholicism at the age of 19. Okay. She Her grandfather's a Protestant pastor. No way. In France, yes. She angered her family and became a Catholic in at 19. And then she later joined the Daughters of Charity in 1944. Okay. So it's been about 80 years of religious life, uh, but almost 100 years a Catholic. Wow. And, uh, yeah, Wait, so if you
0: put our, my life and your life together, we wouldn't be Catholic as long as she's been Catholic. Correct.
1: And she started way more heroic. Okay, so than is there I any did.
0: secret to her success, like a secret sauce or you know well, like a f- I mean I French think French cuisine, like what, her light-hearted, what's her diet. Well, her lighthearted nature probably has something to do with Joy. It. This is what I'm saying. I think yep. people who have joy live longer. She's known for that. That's why I'm praying about it. She's also
1: known for eating chocolate and drinking red wine every day. That's not every day. A bad idea. Every day. Mm-hmm. Um Now, she also has lived a life of service. So when she, quote-unquote, retired at the age of 75, which is almost 40 years ago for her. Wow. (laughs) Um, Quote-unquote, retired at the age of 75, she started to care for the elderly of of her order. Um, So even in her retirement, she stayed very active in service and caring for others, Mm -hmm. and that joyful disposition always stayed. And apparently she really believes in heaven because when she was an interview because everybody's paying attention to her now because she's the oldest person on the right like
0: hey you're old what's up
1: yeah she's like well i appreciate the honor but it's a sad honor she called it i would rather be off in heaven Hmm. but i do appreciate the
0: well wishes and attention but i'd rather be in heaven that's a great quote (laughs) you know because we're 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 in the midst of like all these readings about like the end of the world death you know sort of like these hard teachings just fyi because we're we're approaching Advent soon. Like it's kind of coming up to that. Uh, mm-hmm. So in, anyway, like it kind of makes you think yeah. a lot about like the end of life, dying, being persecuted, hardship, suffering, mm-hmm. you know, is heaven real? Like, where do we go? Is it better? All these things. going Yeah. Your mind. Well, she believes it. Sister Andre. It's so good to hear a witness <laughs> of that is like, yeah, the, you know, the world's good and all, but like, I'd much rather be in heaven. Like, like, a mm-hmm. sense of, like, real hope. Like, she's still living her life, obviously, to the fullest. She didn't give up. Yeah. But at the same time, she's living with a sense of, like, a real
1: destiny. Absolutely. Well, and she's also a beautiful witness to brother-sister um, relationships. So, okay. She has three older brothers, or she had three older brothers and a twin sister named Liddy, who died a year after they were born. So, her, her twin, she wasn't. And for whatever reason, she just had a close relationship with uh, her brother Andre, Mm. who didn't die young as far as... I mean, he lived a normal life. He's dead now. And as she talks about going to heaven, she's like, I want to go to heaven to be with Jesus and Andre. Mm. Like just her whole life, just how simple and beautiful she just loves her brother, took his name for her religious life, and like, that's who she wants to see in heaven after Jesus. Hmm. I don't know if my sisters would say that about me.
0: Yeah, I can't wait
1: to see Adam.
2: (laughs) You know. They
1: probably have, I mean, I'm on the list, but not second after yeah. Jesus. Probably like 13th.
2: You yeah.
0: Know? No, I'm, I am often think about like the mystery of heaven is a mystery. Like we don't fully know like exactly what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. It's true. You know, Jesus was talking this week or last week about like you're not even going to be married in heaven. Like he's talking about marriage. Yeah, it's good. Great. But like. You know, you won't be married in heaven. The reading last week, Mm -hmm. right? The gospel, like, there's something greater there than even marriage. There's something greater than what we're experiencing here on this earth. And and then you think, like, what you know, what could be greater than you know, lasagna and uh, (laughs) you know, 70 degree weather? (laughs) And then you think, well, what could be greater than uh, you know, like? all the chaos and war a lot like that, you know, like the suffering that we experience and, you know, everything points to heaven, a destiny Mm -hmm. of, of joy and hope and total, total surrender and freedom. Yeah.
1: Well, and every year we need to remember that, like you said, liturgically it's, it's a good month. I mean, the readings hit on that theme for a solid month before the year ends. And we need that every year. I mean, we need to pray for the dead. Obviously that's what November is about primarily is praying for the holy souls in purgatory, but contemplating our own death, which we talked about last last episode. But uh, anyway, so I think a life lived well, a Christian life, whether you're religious or a married person, that's part of the rhythm of life, you know? Like, I don't know about you, Paul, but when my wife and I think about our life, we try to think about the whole life, not just today. Mm -hmm. And for example how do we want to spend the last years of our life that we may get to live or may not like preparing for heaven? Hmm. You know, like what does that look like for us? What would, what would we like to be doing? What kind of works of charity do we want to make sure we're doing? Um, especially as we get older so that we're building up treasure in heaven and not just earthly treasure. Right. And I think that is a very good thing to do. That's why I try to do it, but I encourage us to do it as well. That, The greatest thing about this life is we're preparing for the next one. And there's a way to utilize the goods of this world to build heavenly treasure. That's very real. Right. It's a real thing. And it's eternal. It has an eternal value. Yeah. But we have to be intentional about that.
0: Hmm. I'm wondering uh, what kind of wine and chocolate, you know, like is it it like a red Merlot Cabernet? That's what I had in uh, mind. Like like what, you know, and, and what chocolate, like, and how much, like what's the, you know, like what's the, you know, the, you know, she drunk on a front porch every day. Like what's going on here? Is she drunk on the front porch? I, I doubt it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because, you know, she has a sense of joy for life and yet a mm. joy for what's next, like even a greater joy. Like, hey, I'm glad you're interviewing me here. I don't know if I would want to live to 119, but at the same time, like in our human condition, we're like, I don't really want to die, but yeah, like I want to experience more than what the world has to offer here, you know? And so like, that's, this is where all the readings are going, you know, this Sunday Jesus is going to preach to the disciples about persecuting, about being persecuted, about, you know, all these things. He's, you know, And what sign will there be given when all these things are about to happen? This is in Luke 21. The gospel we'll read this Sunday. Um, Jesus answered, See that you will not be deceived, for many will come, saying, I, I am he. You Do not follow them. When you hear, hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for such things must happen. But it will not immediately be the end. Nation will rise against nation. So he's talking just about, you know, wars and like, all these things which we've experienced for a long time, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Since the since Adam and Eve sinned. We've I mean, Cain and Abel, their kids,
0: were at war, you know. Yeah. And before all this happens, he says, However, they will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over synagogues and in prisons, and they will you will be led before kings and governors, which did happen. You yeah. Know? They were mortars. Because of my name, I, I will lead you to giving your testimony, right? Of your faith, remember, you're, you're not you're not to prepare your defense beforehand, for I myself shall give you wisdom in speaking. It reminds me of St. Thomas More, hmm. you know, like just 500 years ago, I wrote a chapter about it. Um, you will even be handed over by your parents, brothers, relatives, and friends who apparently you won't see in heaven if they <laughs> hand you, and they will put some of you to death, and you will be hated, hated by all because of my name. That's crazy but not a hair on your head will be destroyed by your perseverance. And one version of scripture says endurance, you will secure your lives. Mm-hmm. It's gr- crazy. Crazy talk.
1: I think, I think what our Lord is doing there gives me, mean, why, why would he tell us all that? Right? Like why would he tell us there's going to be wars, famines, persecutions, and all these things? What, what benefit to our discipleship is there to what he's saying? And I think it's part of, the invitation of of that that psalm prayer where it's that we would quiet our soul like a child at rest on our father's knee mm. and not worry about things too far beyond us um because i do see in the christian walk a tendency a temptation a desire to want to figure out things that are too beyond us like figure out the world events where the world's going you know hell in a handbasket because of this that and it might be this or it might be that, and there's a certain tendency to just lose joy and peace and qu- the quiet of our soul and sacrifice it for trying to think about things that are too far beyond us. And he's saying, look, there is going to be a lot beyond you. I mean, how, who of us, very few people have ever lived can control wars, right? Like, I can't stop a war. Mm. I hope I don't start one. Nope. I certainly can't stop one. I mean, I might be called to fight in one, you know, um, in the military, but when we're talking about things far beyond us, I mean wars, famines, plagues, earthquakes, a lot of that's gonna go down and happen. But and even persecutions, like I can't control who's gonna persecute me for my faith. You right. You know what I mean? Like I can't I can't control anything. It's gonna be hated, bruh. Yeah. And I can't control it. You know. But I
0: can control my fidelity to him. And that's why it says perseverance in perseverance. You know, grit, this is what that's exactly what the word grit is. It's like the ability to persevere and endure in the hard times. We're all going to experience that in this life. And particularly as Christians, we're going to experience hardships. And if we don't endure, we're going to quit, right? Like, Mm -hmm. following Christ isn't, yeah, I'm praying for joy and vulnerability, but like at the same time, like, the ability to endure hardships and suffering and pain and like persevere to have the grit to keep moving on. Right. Because that ultimately is what's going to lead me to fidelity to Christ. All right. we got some crazy stuff we're going to share, but (laughs) you got to hold on everybody. Oh my word. Yeah. 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 We're going to take a quick break and (laughs) (laughs) we'll be right back. Healthcare that works better and costs less seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based health sharing is a much better fit than insurance, all while costing less. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. 844-387-8533. That's 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show, great to be with you, Paul George, Deacon Adam Kong in studio. I, you know, I'm getting more and more used to calling you Deacon.
1: It's only been almost three years. I know, it.
0: but you were Adam for so long, and you still are Adam. Yeah, Adam. <laughs> God's son. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the uh, man. Yeah, we started our grit group on Monday, Adam logged in online, like, this cool, cool group, and um, you had your knife in hand. I'm really excited about my knife. You know, your your Holy Grit knife I kind of went a little out of control with it. But uh, anyway, it was great. Like, a uh, great start to the group on Monday and Tuesdays, mm-hmm. and then we're going to launch some new groups and probably end of January or February, beginning of February. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm certainly grateful for the opportunity. It's um, Obviously, there's a lot of benefits that we've talked about, you know, Journeying with people, setting the, the uh, time aside to intentionally grow in things and all that. But you know what I was reminded this week of? Grace. Grace. Grace is like, okay, there's all kind of natural benefits to doing the right thing, for sure. There's also the fact that God just shows up, mm. you know, and moves where he wants, how he wants. Right. And so to be in a, an environment of people that are open to that grace and who have committed time and energy and resources... To find that grace, God moves. So I was grateful for that this week. Like God's just moving in my life in kind of a way that's not just explained by, you know, oh yeah, I'm 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 experiencing good fellowship or whatever.
0: Yeah, all that's true.
1: But God shows up. Yeah. So thank God for grace. Yeah.
0: All right. So <clears throat> I think I I mean not to not to outdo you. I don't want to outdo you. I mean it's easy to outdo me. But I'm gonna I'm gonna outdo you today. Yeah. And not to outdo sister I'm super old sister Andre. Yeah. Sister Andre, but I have, a have you seen that, uh, you just got to hear about. Okay. 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 So the national park service, which that's a thing, right? So all the national parks are, you know, under the, you know, the umbrella of what they call the national park service. Wow. Uh, has, has, um, warned humans just FYI in the article. This is a real article, by the way, this is not like fake, uh, warns humans, not like other like aliens, <laughs> animals. It's just funny to be this like we warns humans to stop licking the toads. Okay. Like, Where? Okay. This like is, all over the country? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh so no, there's a certain toad um uh the in the Sonoran Desert mm-hmm. uh, with the Sonoran Desert toad uh that if you lick it it's got some you know, you can catch some different things, right? Like hallucinogenic properties. But one of the reasons that people are licking the toad is because the snoring Desert Toad secretes a potent toxin that can make people sick, okay? So don't do that. Mm -hmm. But despite the risk, which people are willing to do, right? Mm -hmm. They're willing to take some risk here. Uh, Some people have discovered that uh, by licking the toads, toxic secretions contain a powerful hallucinogenic Mm -hmm. So they start hallucinating by licking the toad. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: How desperate, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) does one have to be to find consolation in life, honestly, by licking a toad? Mm. Think about how desperate you gotta be.
1: And I think there is a difference between licking a living toad and a dead one Ooh. the living toad is more desperate
0: does it
2: really like if matter, i have a though? dead
1: toad well i mean like eating a frog which people do around louisiana yeah
0: but you fry it like all the For disease sure. is gone
1: i'm with you i'm just trying to rank the desperate ask how desperate i think licking a living animal is probably the most desperate right and and specifically a toad right I mean, it's not like a um a horse beautiful horse or a
0: but this isn't like a practical joke, like if I had a toad, I was like, dude, I'll pay you a hundred bucks if you like just no. lick this toad I mean it'd be like, ha, we're well, f- funny, yeah, you know, like that's different, like they're actually licking the toad for something like for to- and enough people are doing it where there's like a, a yeah. statement issued by the national park yeah Service. do you do you want to hallucinate you know like how desperate do you have to be? Well, can I ask you a question, sure, <clears throat> is this gonna
1: work, or is this gonna make more people do it?
0: It's probably gonna. <laughs> Make more people like curious about right. the toad. <laughs> right. Hey, let's go searching for the Sonoran Desert Toad and and, and look at <laughs> to hallucinate. But but honestly, like I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about the gospel reading this week. I know this is going to sound crazy. The the tie in here. I uh, I believe you could do it. <clears throat> okay. But I was thinking about how often in our life do we honestly seek out small doses of superficial consolation mm. to replace that of the grace or the presence of god instead mhm mhm you know i'm i it i'm going to overeat i'm going to overdrink i'm going to even go into sinful behavior mhm you know looking at you know dirty things on the internet i'm going <clears> to <throat> i'm going to you know overindulge in, in thing i just i'm going to just spend my time trying to you know find a sonoran toad and lick it to hallucinate <laughs> to for one moment feel some type of consolation in my life some type mm. of good feeling or uh release or getaway or joy mhm
1: even well, and tie that back to St. Augustine. I mean, that was, that's how he summarized his life story was, late have I loved you, O beauty ever ancient. And I had sacrificed the joy of knowing you for the joy of knowing creatures. So you're talking about these superficial comforts that aren't real. Um, that's where he was. And he had that's how he defined his life is I, I was searching for God in his creatures and didn't realize it. Till too late, but then now I know, right? And now I rest. My heart was restless till it rests in you. And yeah, rest, you're a restless heart if you're licking toads. Like something's not but resting. I'm
0: going to just push this further and I'm going to, you know, just follow along with me wherever you're listening. <laughs> is we lick toads all the time. <laughs> and honestly, like, be honest yeah, about what what things in your life do you seek out. And grab hold to that replaces the grace of God in your life. Yeah, that replaces the presence of God, right? Yeah, like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this 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 and this. I'm gonna you know grab hold of this this and this instead of relying on God in that moment. You know, so like I'm sad. I'm gonna I'm gonna order a pizza and I'm just gonna overindulge. I'm Mm. you know, and I'm not talking about like there's certain things that aren't bad like this beautiful nun is the oldest person on the planet and she has a little wine and a little chocolate. There's something like, you know, God gives us these little beautiful things in life to enjoy. Like we're not mm. supposed to just live with hair shirts and like beat ourselves and suffer. Like, that's not what I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying when those things replace the grace of God in our life, the presence of God moving and working and just being available, us noticing God in our life, in little moments when we replace it by seeking things that are just for a moment going to make us feel this superficial consolation is what Ignatius St. Ignatius would call mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. What are those things? And like, are we willing to like have this endurance to like get, get rid and shed all those things to have more of the presence of God in our life? You know, this is why the church calls it as we're, you know, we're a few weeks ahead of Advent. So, like, I'm, we're, I want to point in that direction, sort of this mini Lent. Like, we do seek out that season with some, some fasting and, and some focus, right? Mm-hmm. Although Advent does seem like more of a joyful season, right? Joyful Meeting penance, yeah. To
2: that's the old Christmas phrase.
0: than, than Lent, right? Yeah. But, like, could we approach Advent with this sense of like, what do I want to begin to shed fast from in a good way that brings more joy in my life? I I like what you're saying there.
1: Yeah, I mean, that essential difference between Advent and Lent is what you're preparing for. So in Advent, we're preparing to celebrate a birth, the birth of Christ. And in Lent, we're preparing to celebrate a death and a resurrection right? Yeah. And so there is a, there's an essential difference to what that looks like. To prepare to celebrate a birth, the idea is you're getting your soul ready to welcome His presence. In Lent, we're getting our soul ready to journey with Him on the road to Calvary and to the tomb and in resurrection and the joy of Easter, right? So it's a different type of preparation, but the methods are the same. The method is penance. I mean, the method is to go without. The method is... Um, to purge my soul of what's in the way of god that's why john the baptist is going to be our figure for advent along with others like the blessed mother but that's why we listen to john the baptist during advent prepare the way of the lord make straight his paths so to your point i mean i think this idea of superficial consolations um it's a great time of year to start examining that right now to see where our charity lacks so for example, the wine and the chocolate of Sister Andre, I'm sure every day when she eats it, because she thinks about her brother and the Lord so much, she eats those things, she consumes those things, she enjoys those things with the Lord. could be a foretaste of heaven. With Jesus, with Andre, like she thinks about him, talks mm. to him while she's having the wine, while that's she's having a, the chocolate. That's a good point. It's just like with a married couple. I mean, you, you could drink a beer and your, wa- your wife could drink beer or wine or whatever in separate rooms doing separate things. Or you could be enjoying it together, and it's an aspect of your relationship that deepens it. Mm. There's a big difference there. It's the same thing with every creature, every consolation you're talking about. We should be enjoying things with the Lord, not as if we're in some, like, private room away from him having some kind of pleasure experience, like the, the toad. Like, that's something you can't enjoy with God. That's, that's not how God intended toads well, let's just, to be
0: enjoyed. <laughs> the toad is a false prophet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also known, by the way, just so you don't get confused— and you're aware, just in case you ever get confronted <laughs> with with some of this, is also known as the Colorado River Toad. Wow. Okay. And is about seven inches in size. It's about the size of the grit knife that I gave you and <laughs> carries a, a weak, low-pitched rivet sound, just in case. Um, but uh, so despite the risk, some people have discovered that the toad's toxic secretions to ta- contain a hallucinogenic which some people have started smoking as well Mm. so they're like actually hunting these frogs to like get the drugs from them and so then the frogs are becoming you know less and less maybe even become extinct Mm. i don't know i mean there are experiences that
1: um engage our humanity and there's experiences that destroy our humanity God never intended us to share experiences with him that destroy our humanity, right? Like intentionally giving away your reason, intentionally making yourself hallucinate is not enjoying your humanity.
0: Here's what's funny about the false prophet thing, and like I laugh about that because like, you know, we talk about false prophets, is like we're not even talking about always of like um <clears throat> someone who's like claiming to be like a a big Christian preacher or pastor or priest and they're speaking of like heresy. Okay. Mm. There is that in the world. Okay. There's going to be that, but false prophets could just be people who are like, speak out and people listen to them. Like just Mm. some, any fool, right? Like they can be some like celebrity or, You know, someone was like, oh, yeah, I listened to this. It's so funny. It's like boxing legend legend Mike Tyson. They quote this in in the order. Mike Tyson, okay, who bit someone's ear off in a a boxing ring and has, like, just been in and out of prison his life, right?
2: Mm. That's
0: fine. He's a human. I love him. Like, nothing against him. And they quote Hunter Biden, okay, who is, like, not the most, um, I guess – role model for people. And I have, this is not even a political thing, right. This is just more like, Hey, if you read about his life, he's like, yeah, I just, I wouldn't want my kids to be like him. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Both have uh experienced the Colorado river frog.
1: <laughs> so those are the celebrity endorsements.
0: Yeah. And then people were like, well, Mike Tyson and you know, Hunter had They're, it. They're into it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like where, where are people getting their, truth and the reality and like you look at this sister andre like and she's just like so gentle and loving and calm like we need voices like that like are speaking towards god and towards heaven of just like yes that's that's the life i want like that these are the things this is why we speak so much about the saints and we write about them like one of the great saints that we're we're celebrating this week is one you just saw her shrine saint mm-hmm. Uh, Francis Xavier Cabrini. Yeah, yeah. St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, who was the first U.S. citizen to be canonized as Saint. She wasn't born here. God
1: bless America. Yep.
0: But she came as a missionary. She actually wanted to go to China, FYI. And the Pope or the Bishop, you know, pointed her west here, and she came here. This woman, as we're talking about sisters, like started... Brought, like, what, five or six sisters with her. Mm -hmm. They started an orphanage. uh, When the bishop in New York was like, yeah, there's nothing for you to do. Mm -hmm. And she was like, heck no. Like, (laughs) I came all this way, started an orphanage. (laughs) Like, this little nun started hospitals. Mm -hmm. I mean, she ended up dying in the hospital that she founded. A founder. Like, a founder of a hospital now would be a billionaire. Right. Everyone would know. Th- these sisters founded hospitals and took no money. That's right. Like, think about like just the, that all that just points to like God's goodness and greatness in heaven. Like this is kingdom building stuff that this, mm-hmm. this great saint, like who, who didn't even know she was a saint or would become one is now. And even, even people who aren't believers travel to New York and like, there's the shrine of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini that people go visit. Yeah. It's,
1: it's, you you kind of get a sense like when mother teresa she's just my reference point for people like this you, you kind of get a sense oh this is kind of an unprecedented thing this woman who took over the world by her love but if you actually look at church history even very close like in america god sends these holy women pretty regularly that really just capture the world's attention capture the heart of um the heart of a nation let's say and without trying, but it's just it like we talk about grit for men a lot, which is awesome. But female grit, feminine grit, motherly grit. Amen. I we're, we're highlighting a couple of amazing women is a uh, show today is God always provides this. And look in America, mother Cabrini was like mother Teresa. Like people would talk about mother Cabrini the way like, and she's been dead for now, mother Teresa. So I guess it's, I'm getting old, but like, I remember people talking about mother Teresa when she was alive, they would talk about her the same way. Hmm. and um, she was that mother for a nation. And like you said, she didn't necessarily try to be. She wanted to be the mother of orphans, the mother of immigrants, the mother of the young. She started schools as well, the mother of the sick. She didn't want to be the mother of the rich and powerful necessarily. I don't think she was opposed to that. But she became that by just grit and perseverance and also living a life for the Lord, for others. And um, it was very moving for me to visit her shrine in... uh, in New York City with my son John and we prayed at her tomb and learned about her life and I tell you what I read one of her quotes I took a picture I don't, I'm not gonna pull it out but um, it was uh, it was moving to read her her own vision of, of prayer and holiness and to look at her life um, in person because it made me want to be a saint like her hmm. and that's why she became a mother of the, of the nation because people saw in her what we all should be, which is holy,
0: hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, she had real endurance, perseverance, which the gospel talks about. You know, like, they talk about her life like she was deathly afraid of water, yet she traveled across right. the ocean like over 30 well, times. She almost drowned. She almost drowned.
1: Uh, when she was little, so she was afraid of water. Yeah,
0: and but she, she pushed through her fear for the gospel, and then she came in a big here, way. which, uh, yeah. you know, in the early... You know nineteen hundreds um was mission territory, you know late eighteen hundreds um, was you know this was mission territory, yeah, and then um you know she just just persevered and and came like with nothing
2: yep
1: right yeah and and there's a difference between becoming like a philanthropist and a social worker and becoming a mother like that because Mothers, good mothers. It's their genius. Fathers do this too, but good mothers, they care for the most vulnerable and those that need them the most first. Like that's where their heart is. Mm -hmm. You know, the one that's sad, the one that's broken, the one that's hurting, the one that's whatever. And almost to a T, Mother Drexel would be another one. Saint Catherine Drexel. People talked about her, like they talked about Mother Teresa too. Mm -hmm. She cared for uh, black and Indian people Mm -hmm. throughout the country. Just the motherly heart to go to the most hurting is so beautiful right but it's not because you know for some philanthropic reason it's because they're mothers and they helped build this country we wouldn't have the united states of america the way it is without Catherine drexel and mother
0: francis xavier cabrini i will we will never do what she did in 35 years check this out everyone just so you can understand francis xavier cabrini founded 67 institutions Dedicated to caring for the poor, the abandoned, the uneducated, and the sick. So, hello. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's crazy. That's that's wild. And we we celebrate them because they help point us to heaven and show us a life of perseverance. So, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in. Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of health care. Join the nation's leading health care sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable health care. Call now to see how much you can save at 844-387-8533. That's... Solidarity HealthShare,
2: 844-387-8533.
0: Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George. Adam, the Deacon, El Presidente Conk, in studio. Lots going on this week. So many things. The launch of great groups. I mean, everything under the sun. Thanksgiving's coming up. Advent. The end of the year, not the world, but we never know.
1: (laughs) It could be the world.
0: I mean, Estranja
1: would be happy in Advent. We do
0: celebrate the the second coming Mm -hmm. and the first coming. Mm -hmm. You know, so like you were saying in Lent, like we celebrate the death and the resurrection like two things, like we're Mm -hmm. leading up to that, right? Mm -hmm. In Advent, we celebrate two things, the first coming, Jesus incarnation, and the second coming. Mm -hmm. He's going to come back and rule.
1: Man, I I just, the older I get, the more I I can't wait for that because,
0: I don't know, it just seems like the only solution. You know how... Whatever makes you think of that. Like, you ever walking through a parking lot and someone almost hits you on accident, and you think, I can't wait for the second coming. Like, all this is going to end. Kind
1: of, yeah. Like, little things like that. Two things make me think of it I find the most. One is when the weather's really nice. I know this sounds weird. Okay. But, like, today, this morning, I was thinking about this. Weather was great. A little brisk. A little, little cool. Blue skies. Like this is a great day for Jesus to come back. I just mm. look up at the sky. I'm like, that's a Jesus coming. See, back I would sky. think
0: the opposite. Like when it's just rainy,
1: it's like ten inches of rain. And he's just like, can put can, a stop to this Jesus. <laughs> just put a stop to this. And then the second reason is when the more adulting I do, the more adults try to figure out the world's problems. Right? Like elections, and I mean all the things Jesus talked about in the Gospel this Sunday. Like all the things I can't control.
0: All the things I can't control. When I'm
1: confronted with, I'm like,
0: Lord. You're the only solution. And here's what I figured out in my own life, and I I think people can relate to this, is like everything I worry about, I have anxiety or I'm anxious about, or things that I can't control. Yeah. Like, hands down. Like, And I'm worried about it. Like, well, I can't even control it, and I'm worried about it, Mm -hmm. which is why I'm worried about it, because I can't control it, right? Right. But even if I could control it, I probably wouldn't do a good job with it. <laughs> that's true. So it's like this endless cycle of like can I actually just trust, have faith, joy. Like that's that's the journey, you know, we're all on, but easier said than done.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, and that perseverance we were
1: talking about, that what are we persevering in? What God has actually asked us to do. Yeah like not in what other people are doing or things we can't control but God has actually asked us to do certain things today that if I do them really well that's persevering in my discipleship. Um the things I can't do and can't control and can't be a part of I shouldn't give my mind and heart to that because that's not what God's asked me to do.
2: Yeah.
0: Speaking of persevering, I saw this article at the uh um you you've heard kind of people say like um a lot of Catholics haven't gone back to mass since the pandemic. You know, like really, like I, you know, I can't relate. Right. Like I was, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I have actually talked to people, some people on the phone, like from out of town or whatever. Like, yeah, I used to go to mass more and I just got out of the habit. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. So there is sort of a, like a trend of that I was reading. Like, I didn't know this, like I'm a little out of the loop on like the, the, the whole news thing. But, uh, the archdiocese of Chicago just, Now, they've been saying Mass, so I'm not, you know, they've been having Mass, but they just uh, reinstated the obligation for Sunday Mass starting this November 26th and 27th, which is like a year later than a a lot of dioceses Mm -hmm. brought it back, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what the results there uh, of, you know, of that are, but it's just interesting to me where I just think like the people of faith and the church should just be leading the way in difficult times. You know, but, you know, and what I'm saying is they've been having mass, but, like, to, mm-hmm. to bring back the obligation, I think a lot of people will be like, well, I've been fine. I haven't done it. And right. I'm, like, I'm out of rhythm. You know, like, way out of practice. How do you get people back? I think they're going to, they're going to, yeah, we're all trying to, like, figure that out,
1: but, like, it'd be interesting. Well, and, I mean, the whole the whole pandemic church response will probably be a subject of church history for like 200 years. People analyzing it, saying what we should have done, shouldn't have done this helped, This didn't the effect of mass attendance. Like that's going to be probably a 200 year research project. Yeah. It's interesting because like none of
0: us had been through it. So like the response to it, like I'm like, yeah, like I, none of us knew what to do. So like I have, I'm totally like, uh, yeah, like I, I don't blame you for like locking the door or like figuring out or we're all going to die. It was the end of the world. Like I get it. Like, but like we've now it's like a long time after i'm like you're just now going back to mass like that's crazy to me
1: yeah it's hard to believe
0: but uh let's get to it perseverance like let's go like let's let's come on we only got one life to live man like we cannot just sit back so speaking of that we have sat back adam and have not had a six pack of questions in a few weeks let's do it question tired of it (laughs) It is time to drink, <laughs> a six pack of toads. Question number one: You're I have hallucinate.
1: For you. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm carrying around my grit group knife here. Yes, for a week now. Uh, my question is: Did you get one? I know we got one, but did you get one of these? I do. Yeah, I have one. And what do you do with it?
0: Well, I have a lot of knives, and uh, I'm gonna uh, yeah, I'm gonna use it. Yeah. Okay. For different things. I mean, every guy needs a knife in a sense to like open up a box or like cut something or. You know, like you're walking around your yard and like there's a, a rope that's hanging from a tree. Like, let me cut that off, you know, whatever. Mm hmm. You know,
1: so you got one too. So we yeah. have matching
0: knives? Yes. Yes. And they're nice. They are nice. I think most of the guys who got them were probably surprised. <clears throat> you get a nice workbook that's very like biblical mm-hmm. and then a knife. It's like, what just happened? It's great. I mean, holy grit. I'm a little out of control.
1: No, I think it's, you're, it's, I think it's wonderful. It's
0: fine, but I, I don't
1: care. <laughs> All right. Question number two. Um, we talked about the toads, of course. Yes. A good bit. Colorado River Toad. The Sonoran <laughs> Toad. Um, what? Okay, so I'm trying to make a connection between toads and something we experience daily as men, I think, is this kind of temptation. You mentioned superficial comforts. Mm-hmm. I find that a lot of men today, there's this temptation to struggle with, like, kind of escaping life in these comforts. Mm-hmm let's call it a man cave, let's call it I'm going golfing all day, see you, honey, kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Does it just seem that way? Or is there there an actual pull of men towards those comforts that seems kind of out of control?
0: There could be an overbalance to it because I think, you know, getting away and playing golf and, like, breathing and, like, resting is good or or going outdoors or hunting or fishing. But, like, yeah, to overdo it, see you, honey, and to leave – your responsibility and your sacrifice. Cause actually the reality is, is that we actually find more joy and happiness in doing hard things than we do easy things. Follow me here. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. like there's no, I look, no one on this, you know, call or show more than ever likes to go out and play a little golf in nice weather or go fishing or hunting or camping or like, yeah. But we actually come more alive when we do hard things than easy things. That's why men need to be engaged in the hard things of the world and the gospel, and you know, doing those things because, and in our marriages and our fatherhood, when we're like focused in, it's actually become more alive.
1: Nice, all right. Question number three So, I mentioned how in reading your, your book, I noticed you working on vulnerability, vulnerability in it. Um, glad and you, you say you've been glad you noticed, you that. say you've been working on it for a while. So, I'd love to hear kind of how people are reacting to that, like for example gretchen or your kids or like as you're growing in that and working on that i mean what's their reaction because well, it's I've, a change
0: yeah there's been a couple of reactions mm-hmm. because my oldest daughters get married and uh i really want to feel the process of this i have been praying about it so there's been a couple of times where i've actually broke down some tears in front of everyone which is like
1: so did they freak out they didn't know what to do
0: you know many many years of like not Mm-hmm. And they're like, wait, what's what's dad doing? Like, <laughs> this is weird. And I just look at him like, hey, just go with it. I don't know what to tell you. It's the new me. And they're like, all right. So, so it all worked out okay? It all worked out.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: that's awesome. All right, question number four. Um, so Sister Andre kind of has her staple thing, chocolate and wine. Mm-hmm. That's her thing. Um, it seems like that's true of saints. So you, you wrote about Padre Pio in the book.
0: He likes cigars. Hmm. I um, didn't put that in the book, but that is true.
1: Um, I remember Father Fry, a holy priest who founded an, an order here in town. I went to a uh, spiritual direction for a while, and he would always smoke cigars in spiritual direction. In spiritual direction? Yeah. That's nice. And uh, Blow it in your face. Kind of. That's amazing. But uh, <laughs> it just seems like there's something good about that, like to have this thing that I like, because it kind of kept him grounded. Like I noticed, like he didn't, it didn't become many things. It didn't become like crazy things. It was just like, here's my simple little thing, my right. simple little joy in life. Talk to me about the value of that. Like, is there a value in that?
0: Yeah, there should be, but I think you could overvalue it more than the grace of God or the present, or it could be become a crutch, or like you can, uh, it could become you know, an addiction in a sense, like you, you over consume. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's, what we want to be like, we want to enjoy the little things, a glass of wine, but you have four glasses or, you know, more than two, whatever. Like, then it's like, you're not enjoying, actually enjoying it. You, you don't even know what you're enjoying. So mm-hmm. like, it's important to like, just, we can en- enjoy those beautiful things. But like when you over consume, you actually don't, enjoy it if that makes sense because mm-hmm. you're full you're like oh are you you're drunk or whatever it is it's it, it's not a it should point to something that's beautiful you know yeah uh, yeah if you and, really enjoy it and you, I could yeah. be better at that I, I mean I could do you know so there's some simple joys that I like
1: what's yours I guess question number five so what's your chocolate and red mm,
0: wine there's nothing really consistent maybe I should have something mm more consistent that's what i'm getting
1: at it seems like the saints are on to something sister andre's on to something maybe i should find something more consistent yeah i think mine would be um ice cream
0: Uh, mm -hmm.
1: nice well me and marianne we shared that joy together yeah (laughs)
2: all
1: right well i want to make that question fine all right question um number five so we talked about the idea of addictions or, or comforts becoming too much and and you said everyone licks toads sometimes, which So I think we make a great mug it's or It's an t-shirt. analogy, you guys. Stop licking toads. Yes. Um, it's my next book. <laughs> but that's got to be a recurring theme as you're working with, with people uh, on their discipleship, their journey. A very common theme of like either addiction straight up or at least a level of addiction where someone's attached to something in a way that's impeding them spiritually. It could be behavior, too. Behavior. So this is a common theme, right? Um What process do you use to kind of identify that? Like, when do you realize that's an issue in someone's life? Like, what gives that away?
0: And then to help them realize it and work through it. I mean, in my own life, there's a certain pattern that's unbreakable. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. I should probably look at that. Mm. Maybe a certain pattern of doing things or behaviors or the way I say things or, like, I'm interrupted or I'm angry or frustrated or I'm grabbing hold. Like, let me look at the pattern that's not a pattern that I want to live in, but I keep doing it. And then let's talk about why it's there. You know, so same thing in other people's lives. Like, let's have the conversation. Actually had a conversation with someone in my office yesterday. He's like, I know I need healing. I just don't even know where to start. I'm like, well, let's trace the behavior to the the moment it started. It's going to take a while. That's good. But let's do that. What's the behavior? What needs to change? But let's go back to when it started. Well, I don't know. So let's talk. So this is going to be a process. And that's
1: yeah, that's really good. Yeah, tracing the actual behavior to an actual cause, because mm-hmm. it, it does seem so hopeless. Like I've been there when you're when you're stuck in a pattern, stuck yeah. in a thing, and you're like, I don't know why I do it. I don't know how to stop. I don't, you know, right. But there is a reason
0: we do these things. Yeah, right? yeah. And we can over virtue it and not receive healing in a sense of like, I'm just going to be r- real disciplined in my life, mm-hmm. but yet emotionally we don't go through the healing process of changing the pattern inside.
1: That's so important. Yeah, as a teacher, I was asking my students that the other day when I was talking up in class, you know. So Mm -hmm. I said, Why are you doing this? (laughs) And he said, I don't know. I said, If you don't know why, then how are you going to change it? He said, Well, I guess I'll just stop talking. I said, That's an insufficient plan. Yeah. There's something else.
0: Yeah, it's like a hose. You can, you can, you know, fix the hole where it's squirting out of the broken hose and then Mm -hmm. it's going to pop out somewhere else. That's what ends up happening in our lives. It'll pop a hole in another part of the hose mm-hmm. and the water is going to squirt out all these in different ways. It's awesome. All right. So
1: question number six, um, these grit groups, you mentioned that another one starting in February. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my question That's is- That's what I'm thinking. That's what you're thinking. That's also when the book is coming out-ish. That's what I'm thinking. All right. So my question is, I know Monday and Tuesday groups filled up this go-round. Correct. All right. Can we do more grit groups for more people? Why not? I mean,
0: if God wants it, let's do it. Okay. We'll just...
1: And, and how, do, like, how do people let you know that they want to participate in, a, in the February grit groups? They Can, can they email you? Like, yeah, they can go going? to
0: holygrit.org and then send me an email or something if they're interested, and then I'll get you on the list for the next round, and you'll be first to sign up. So that way you get a spot. Yeah, I highly recommend that. And then if we do more groups, you can do a group. Okay. It'll be great.
1: Yeah. I highly recommend that because they are neat, but it's limited seating. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because you
0: can only, if you get too many, like, you actually can't, you lose the experience of, like, the group, the fellowship, and, like, what's happening, mm -hmm. you know, within there. So. Okay. Great show, man. I mean, I can only say that we have the most manic show on the planet. It's just all over, up and down, and yet there's something there all the time. And And it's a surprise. Even without Toad's. We'd do that. I know. Imagine with toads. So. Yeah. Anyway, have a great week, everyone. Um, enjoy your time. Feel free to share the show um, on the podcast. And thanks to KFT. And we'll be back next week. God bless.